Hello and welcome to ASMR Tirar de Huello. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. We appreciate the support of all of our followers. If you would like to support this podcast directly, please look for our PayPal link in the episode description. Hello, everyone. This is a very important podcast for me today. Now, last week, I started out with a nice, comfortable massage, and I brought up the fact that violence was becoming more and more of an issue in society, especially in the United States of America. And I don't want to say it's because of this, because of this, because of this. I think it boils down to one main thing, and that is violence is becoming more and more acceptable in American society and the reasons why you know or the catalyst for it isn't as important as why and the reason I say that um, anybody can use anything as a weapon a car a gun a knife poison a bomb All these things can cause great violence in society, and it seems to be more and more prevalent to use great violence to make your point in society. And I was asking, how do we change that? What do we do about it? And everybody wants to point fingers when these things happen. And they want to say that we're not praying hard enough or we don't have strict enough gun laws or we need less gun laws. It just depends on what side of the fence you're on. But I actually, as crazy as it sounds, think I have at least an idea of how We can change this in our country. One thing is we've got to get extremism under control. We've got to quit giving platforms to extremism. It's okay to voice your opinion. It's okay to believe whatever you want to believe. But what we as a society need to stop doing is platforming every single conspiracy theorist and nut job out there to get ratings and clicks on the internet and on news stories. We need to not limit those people with fringe or extremist ideas. We don't need to limit their freedom of speech, but we need to limit their platforming. They had their say, 
they said what they wanted to say, and then, okay, we're done with this. And where it changes is when you, not MSN, not Fox News, not CNN, not CBS, not NBC, <coughs> it changes when you shut off the news. If they just keep repeating the same inciting, violent, fringe, extremist news, and you've, okay, I've heard enough, shut it off. Focus on something that has positive outcomes and a positive outlook in life. And don't tell me you can't do that. You could focus on sports. You could focus on education. You can focus on things that could improve life for your family and your health. You could get up from the TV and the internet and just get some freaking exercise and some fresh air. We have the entire volume of human knowledge and all of the news of the world at our fingertips every minute of the day. That doesn't mean we have to expose ourselves to every single bit of this news at a constant level. I think the days of the 24-hour news cycle and the clickbaiting and the insightful news reports that just wind people up has got to come to an end. And it's not going to change until you turn away from it. You need to be aware that this person is a fringe political person or this person has extremist views. Once you know that, you don't need to hear anymore. You know. Shut it off. When you're watching a news report about a um, mass shooting or a mass massacre of people getting killed, like, say, being run over or some horrible event happened, what, take your watch. Do this. This is something I do, and I teach people this. Get your watch out. It doesn't matter um, which news source you're using. Get your watch out and listen to the news report. Okay, start timing it. They'll give you the details that they know up to date. They'll tell you everything that's going on, how many victims were involved, what kind of response was from the police department, and um, anybody that they know that can shed light on you know what happened. That usually takes a minute to a minute and 30 seconds for them to give you that information at the time of the event. You know, time, place, and number of victims and what the police are saying. Around the one minute to one minute and 30 second mark, they usually go, and now that we've given you that information, we're going to turn it over to these three or four people who are experts in the field, and they're going to give you their opinion on it. My friend, shut it off. Shut the TV off. Do you really think a bunch of quote-unquote experts 
on either side of the spectrum arguing back and forth are going to change anything. No, they're just going to rile you up, enrage you even further, and divide us even further on the issue. I really do believe that. I started shutting off the news back in the early part of the century, around 2001, 2003, that time period. <clears throat> My family and I realized right away that this, I think they call them pundits and experts and all these political analysts, is a bunch of bull crap. Their job is to wind you up and keep you watching. And all they do is, frankly, as politely as I can put it, all they do is piss you off. They get you more and more and more angry over the issue, and that's not how we're going to solve anything. Now, I'm not telling you not to be knowledgeable and not learn things and not study up on what's going on in your country around you. I have a pretty good idea who's the fringe characters on both sides of the aisle of the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. And you know what? I don't have any use for either one of them. I think they can all go to hell. And I'm putting it as politely as I can. I think there are several people on both sides of the aisle who are fringe characters that are more interested in getting their 15-second little sound bite at the top of the hour than they are about helping their constituents. They don't care about you. They do not care about you. They care about lining their own pockets and making themselves more and more popular with the news cycles that run in this country. We don't have fake news in this country. Because the news is a self-correcting um, um, system in the United States. The free press eventually will self-correct itself. What we have in this country is not fake news. What we have in this country is useless news. We have people that just run their mouth, and the whole idea is to get as many clicks, 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 and views as they can get. And believe me, I understand this. I've been on YouTube for since its inception. I was an original YouTube partner. I know how this works. And I see it in my government. And I see it with politicians today. Don't let them lure you in. There are specific politicians on both sides of the aisle that come out every day and say something even stupider every day to get you to either love them or hate them. They don't care if you hate them. It's like the old Howard Stern joke. The average Howard Stern listener listens for an hour. The average Howard Stern hater listens twice as long. <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a really bad spring cold, so you have to put up with a scratchy voice, lots of lozenges, sipping water, and I'm using my laptop 
because I'm going to be dropping some facts here. I think the second thing we need to do, that's the first thing. We need to limit how much we allow ourselves to be indoctrinated. The, the thing that we're doing wrong in this country is we're constantly in a state of anger and frustration in this country. And you might say, yeah, I come to listen to ASMR and listen to Dr. Andrew Michaels talk because I want to get away from all that. Well, I'm giving you the tools. When I tell you, you know, you've got to stop letting people push you around. There are many ways to look at that and many levels to that. Don't allow yourself to be indoctrinated. Don't allow yourself to be trapped by society's mechanisms. The free press in the United States of America is a bastion of hope across the world. People's voices can get heard and ideas can get shared and malfeasance can be brought out and justice can be served. The most powerful weapon in the world is the free press and the freedom of speech and the freedom of ideas. And when you start with this indoctrination and extremism and all the other things that are going on right now in the United States, because we're platforming these complete idiots and allowing them to run ragged on the airwaves and get their 15 seconds, not 15 minutes of fame, as Andy Warhol used to say, 15 seconds in the internet world, and they get it, and they get their juice, and they think, what in the heck can I say tomorrow that's even stupider than I said today to get these idiots to talk about me on the front page of MSN or Yahoo or Breitbart or Fox News? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Everybody tells me, well, I don't listen to this news station and I don't listen to that news station. <laughs> You listen to whatever you want to listen to. And I'll listen to whatever I want to listen to. But if you don't know that, that algorithm that they use on all these news sites, the minute it picks up on what you shop for, what kind of news stories you click on, it feeds you those same stories over and over and over again to purposefully, willfully, and directly wind you up. I'm interested in Ukraine. I'm interested in some certain political figures, making sure you know that they either rise or their downfall is imminent. And I'm following them. And my MS feed, MSN feed, and other news feeds are just full of stories about those people. You look at my page and the ads I get compared to the ads and the news stories my wife gets, it's like looking at two different news sources. And they have all kinds of devices that record your um, clicks, what you look at, and what they do is they just more and more are shaping society to be more and more divisive, more and more splintered more and more in a constant state of anger and frustration.
And the only way to get away with this is the same thing I did back in 2001. And I said, this cable news, 24-hour news cycle crap is too much. I've got to shut it off. And then when George Bush and... <coughs> excuse me. George Bush and John Kerry ran against each other. Politics just got so ugly and so angry. That's when it really, really started. It wasn't so bad when Clinton and Bush ran against, or no, not Clinton. It was um, Al Gore and Bush. It was, it was divisive, but it wasn't that bad. And then they had that ugly election, and then the knives came out. They had that close election. And all the knives came out, and they fed that. They loved that story. They wanted that to go on forever. And good, bad, or otherwise, whether you like Al Gore or not, he said, forget it. And he just gave up and let Bush be president. Not, I'm not saying he let him, but he just quit fighting it. So don't take what I say the wrong way. Al Gore just resigned to the fact and let George Bush be president and shut up about it moved on. Does everybody remember that? And it was better for the country, but the damage was already done. Oh, the news sources love that constant aggravating story and keeping people wound up 24-7. Sounds familiar. Then you have 2016, 2020, the same election denial bullcrap. Uh, he, he didn't lose. He really won. Blah, blah, blah. Instead of the guy being a good sport and just resigning to the fact okay this time it didn't go everybody's way like it did last time it went the other way and this guy wants to be a sore loser do you think that was good for the country to keep holding on to this to just keep just beating this dead horse just getting that news cycle to just keep repeating it for the next four or five months then we have january 6 now we have constant constant battles we have other candidates pulling this crap and you know what i see this lady carrie lake doing it where she lost her own republican um judicial system and her own republican legislation is saying you lost honey this isn't like the other side of the aisle it's her own party telling her honey you lost shut up about it already resign and knew she's going to keep it up. And you know why she's keeping it up? Not because she wants to be the governor down there and whatever it is, Arizona, whatever. She doesn't care. She doesn't care about those people. She doesn't care about any of you people. She doesn't care about anyone but herself. And she gets a lot of money running her mouth and pushing this story. And that's why they do it. And they're hurting our society. And the only time this is going to stop is when we, you, start going, I've heard enough. You lost. I've heard enough. We're done. Okay? That's part one. Okay? You have to change. Not CNN. Not Fox. Not MSN. And not Yahoo. They're never going to change because they got the algorithm. They've got the artificial intelligence. They've got the platform to just keep pouring the coals to it and get that advertising dollar. They don't care about you.
the only time it stops is when you put a stop to it as an individual. And you decide I've had enough. Now, don't tell me that society can't change. Okay? Don't tell me we can't make a difference as individuals acting as a whole. There was uh, this little tiny bird. Real tiny. It only has a seven-foot wingspan. It was called the American Bald Eagle. Have you ever seen one up close? They're freaking massive. They look like a short person. They're like two and a half feet tall, I swear. They had some injured bald eagles at a SeaWorld when I was younger. And you could walk right up and look at them and get really close. These poor little guys couldn't fly anymore. But they were being rehabilitated and maybe, you know, they could maybe even have hatchlings or, you know, they, they had a life. And maybe they could heal them and eventually return them to the wild. But for right now, they were on display in a like a preserve. And um, you could get up close and see them. My goodness, these things are massive. They're so beautiful. They're actually... You know how something is like a vulture or a crow eaten carrion? <laughs> we have these things called turkey vultures, and they're the ugliest bird, but there's something about them that are actually beautiful. They're so big and huge, and they float in the air on the heat of updrafts, and they just sail in the air, and they're massive. They look so big. How do they fly? It's the same thing with the gold, the golden or the bald eagle. They're just so big. And to see them up close is amazing. To see them in the wild is even more amazing. I live in Ohio. <coughs> and when I was a child, well, not a child, I was a young teenager. There were four nesting pairs, I think, in Ohio in, say, 1984. And one of the counties near where I lived had a nesting pair of eagles. And they were just starting to appear in Ohio again. Now, I'd seen everything. Turkey vultures, uh, hawks, falcons. I kind of like birds. I love birds, actually. I think they're beautiful. And, uh, you know... I never saw eagles, something that big. And I remember reading that story, and they were on the endangered species list. And to keep it simple, this is where I wanted to talk and try to help you think about things. We used to shoot eagles because there were stories floating around that they stole sheep, baby sheep or baby goats and they would, you know, baby cows and they would carry them away. And then there were other stories where they would, you know, grab babies and fly away with them. And there was really no evidence of that or very, very little evidence of that. Now, I've seen hawks in Ohio and falcons that are big enough that they'll go after a cat, a little tiny cat or a small dog. They'll 
one year uh, recently, that was probably a couple years ago, we have photos of it and everything. This hawk landed on our neighbor's fence and was looking right at my little dog, Buster. <laughs> and we still had a little blonde, little white um, cockapoo, and she was tiny. And, uh, well, she was kind of a chubby little dog, but she was little. And her name was Blondie. So we had Buster and Blondie out there. And then big old Patrick Swayze, this big lab uh, beagle mix. And he's a big boy. But the other two were tiny. And this hawk landed and he looked at those dogs and was like going, mm, free meal, free lunch. And he looked big enough. And I've seen some owls in Ohio that look big enough and bad enough that they could take a small dog out. So I'm not saying an eagle couldn't kill a small animal or a small child. But the evidence isn't there. They don't go after that kind of stuff. Um, they kind of stay away from people. And uh, back in the early part to the mid part of the 20th century, we were spraying fields and areas with DDT and it was messed up their eggs and people were hunting them and they would get poisoned by uh, a lot of farmers would shoot nuisance animals like uh, badgers and uh, groundhogs and stuff and kill them with uh, what was called birdshot and birdshot had lead in it you know and then the eagles and other birds would eat the animal and get lead poisoning so you had lead poisoning DDT spraying um, was messing up their, making them sterile, making their egg shells real thin. They would sit on their eggs and their eggs would break. And then you had people hunting them saying, you know, they're a, a nasty bird. Now, turkey vultures in Ohio, are, I consider them a beautiful animal. When I was a child, people used to kill them because they said they would steal their chickens and um, kill their ducks and their chickens and carry off their animals. I remember these stories because I grew up in a farm area outside of Youngstown, Ohio. And, uh, you know, I'd hear these stories and it sounded like a bunch of bullcrap to me. You know, I can understand a coyote or a fox killing a chicken, but I didn't think the birds would do that. Well, they're pretty much unfounded stories because turkey vultures are carrion eaters. They eat dead animals. So they were being killed by farmers or people just for fun killing them because they thought they were a, deuce, a nuisance animal when they actually do a lot to clean up the environment and um, you know they, they serve a purpose eating carrion off the sides of roads or in the woods they um, help keep you know um, cleaning the area up from that stuff being around too much uh, to keep it simple and eagles are kind of the same thing. They serve a niche in nature. And they're a beautiful animal, a majestic animal. And they happen to be our national bird. And to think we were hunting them into extinction, destroying them, driving them out of existence. And like I said, back in the 80s, they were on the uh, endangered species list. And there was only, I think, three or four mating pairs in the entire state of Ohio. Now in Ohio, 
there are an estimated 824 breeding pairs in Ohio. And that's not that long a time period. And there was something really important that happened um, about um, probably 15 years ago. President George Bush. And I'm, I've got my computer here and I just can't find the story. Um, President George Bush. He took them off the endangered species list. And there was a huge outcry. And this is where political division comes in and everybody has to pick sides. I agreed with him 100% to take them off the endangered species list. And I'm going to tell you why. Because he was, he was getting good information and he was getting correct information. Animals are on the endangered species list and we're trying to get people educated. We're trying to get society to change. They make laws and rules to get you in society, you, the individual, to change the way you come at these animals, the way you interact with them, the way you interact with society around you. Just like I said, you know, I'm trying to get you to turn off the news when it becomes too much for you. That is exactly what happened with this eagle situation. They were put on the endangered species list. The United States and Canada quit spraying DDT. It was killing many, many different bird types. And they were all going extinct. And they put the American bald eagle on the endangered species list and made it illegal to trap them, shoot them. You got all kinds of fines. You could get jail time for it. <clears throat> um, you weren't allowed to trade. I think Native Americans were still allowed to use like their body parts and their feathers, but I don't think like you couldn't use them for any kind of... Um, you know, you couldn't sell them or do anything with them for um, commerce. And this helped them. And then people in society were educated and told, you know, if we keep going out on the weekend with our 22 and plinking these owls and eagles and falcons, we're not going to have them any left because we're killing them all. You know, and We've got to be nice and we've got to cut it out. So parents, you know, that used to buy their kids 22s and BB guns started to tell, you know, their kids, you know, we, we you know, you got to cut that out. You can't do that. And we as a society started to change. We started to, to realize it was unacceptable. To, to use certain behaviors and do certain things. You, sti you still have your guns. We didn't impinge your rights to own firearms and your Second Amendment right. We just modified the rules of what you could do with them to protect an animal. And then the other side of it was we educated the population. We started telling people, 
you can't do this. You know, you got to cut it out. Now, to keep it simple, when George Bush took them off the Endangered Species Act, the reason I thought it was a really smart move was it was a success. They were doing great. They rebounded. They incredibly rebounded. They filled their niche in nature and they expanded back out among the 48 lower states. The most of them are in, the, the, the state with the most of them is um, Alaska and then like Washington State, British Columbia, Idaho. They have tons of these birds. Even Ohio has, like I said, 800 something, maybe even pairs. <clears throat> it's amazing, you know, because we have a lot of waterways in Ohio, so it's, it's great for the, the eagle in Ohio. And the whole Mississippi area is just huge for them. The Mississippi uh, drainage from like the Ohio River and the Mississippi River. And take them off the Endangered Species Act. And the reason I say that is what George Bush was trying to convey what the experts were trying to convey is you got to show people you've changed. This works. You did it. You changed. We learned not to do this. We quit spraying DDT. We quit plinking birds on the weekend or when we were out hunting other animals legally. You know, legally hunt. That's fine. We need hunters that are responsible and help control certain animal populations. We all know that. Because of human interaction, there are animals that need controlled in nature because of our actions and the way we have changed the environment. But you don't need to be plinking birds or ripping up their nests or the other abuses that are going on. And we as a society had to change. And I'm telling you this because I know we can change. I know we, as a society, are capable of great change. We set our sights on going to the moon and we did it. We did it. We started the Endangered Species Act and we have had successes. We saved so many bird populations in the United States and in North America period. They were on the brink of complete destruction because we changed our ways. It's possible. It's not just possible, it's probable. When we as a society decide that it's not okay to talk about violence so flippantly. That it's not okay to shoot your mouth off and just spread violent rhetoric, propaganda, and extremism. And people start pushing back, saying, you know, I don't want you talking like that around my wife and kids. I don't want you talking like that in front of my family. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that crap out of you. When we start deplatforming these people and showing them, okay, I heard your idea, you have your freedom of speech, 
and you blathered on about your crap. Now, it's my turn. I'm going to exercise my freedom of speech and my freedom of expression and tell you you need to just sit down and shut up. We've heard enough. I think we've sat back and let people push, for lack of a better term, we have let this happen to ourselves. And maybe I'm not saying it perfectly. Maybe I'm not saying it eloquently enough. But I know I'm right. You know? I swear like a sailor in real life. And I met a very nice friend. And I care about them so much. But they don't like it when I cuss and swear. And they asked me to stop doing that. Because they don't like it. Now, that's not impinging my freedom of speech. And I didn't back down and I'm not a wimp and I'm not a whatever you want to say. You know, we used to have this thing in society called respect. And we used to have this thing called dignity. You know, if somebody doesn't want to hear that kind of language... Just because they're small and they're not tough enough to make me shut up doesn't mean I can't respect them and show a little bit of respect and dignity and not talk like a sailor in front of them when they ask me politely not to do it. We can change. We can change and it takes you doing it. You have to say, I don't want to hear it anymore. When you hear somebody say, well, if they come for my guns, shots will be fired, for example. You need to tell the guy, when did they ever come and get your guns in the history of this country? You guys have more rights than you can count. Don't talk like that. Those are fellow Americans you're talking about killing and shooting. And that kind of ideology is going to do nothing but get you in trouble. You're allowed to do what you want and you have all the freedoms in the world to do it. You don't have to talk like that. Nobody needs to hear that. And to be quite frank, I think people are sick of hearing it. And just because people are different or people are weird or people vote a different way than you do... Or you don't like their religion, you don't like their color, you don't like whatever, I don't know what, you don't like what kind of beer they drink. Does it give you the right to threaten or out loud run around saying you're going to kill everybody? That is this, that, or the other thing? How about you give it a break? How about you leave them alone? And that's where we need to push back. We need to make the change. And it happens on an individual level. You have to decide it's not okay to shoot a bird. You're uneducated and you're shooting a bird because you think it's going to kill your baby. And it's okay to poison birds that haven't done anything to, but, but, but fill a niche in, society, uh, in nature. And we're killing them massively with spraying this DDT all over the place. And we've got to cut it out. We've got to change. 
we have changed. We have made a difference. Our national symbol, the bald eagle, is a shiny example. It wasn't so shiny for a long time in my life when we were killing them every which way to Sunday. But now in 2023, they are a shining example of success and change and how society can grow and fix things. And I'm proud of that. I love my country. I love the United States of America. And I love everything about it. The good and the bad. Can't have one without the other, I swear. Nobody's ever going to be happy unless they can argue about it in this country. And that's fine. We need we need political discourse. We need ideas. We need to, People need to be heard. Because that's how you get change. That's how you get advancement in society. That's how we self-correct. That's how the media self-corrects. That's how the government self-corrects. That's how we self-correct our mistakes, like slavery, uh, what we did to the indigenous people, what we did to other peoples by col- being, you know, co- colonists, you know, um, how we handled our enemies after wars. The United States was a country that showed benevolence after wars with its enemy, turned enemies into allies, corrected the mistakes of the past, asked for forgiveness, changed its ways, freed the slaves. You know, we've tried. We're not perfect. We are just one big, goofy mistake. A secular nation that's trying so hard to correct itself constantly, like a child constantly making mistakes, but it's trying, it's growing up, it's becoming an adult, it's learning. And the only way that self-correction can happen is if we start listening. Like I said, it sounds like I'm saying we got to cut these people off and not listen to them. But that's not what I'm getting at. What I'm saying is, let them be heard, but you need to be heard too. And you need to limit what they put in your head when you know it's not healthy for you. I think I've gone on enough. Let's focus on what I talked about today and ended here. The American bald eagle, a symbol that's on our money, that's on the seal of the President of the United States of America, that is an honored bird among natives, Americans, and the United States culture as a whole. It's a success story. It could have been an extinct animal 50 years ago, but we as a society changed and we put a stop to it. We need more successes in our lives and less hate and less divisiveness. So try to be part of the change and part of the solution. 
I'm sorry about the growling. My dog is sitting here growling. His tummy's growling. He's hungry. I better let you go now. It was good talking to all of you today. I'm going to end it here because I can hear people start to mow their lawns. My dog's tummy's growling. And I think I made my point. I hope I get to talk to all of you really soon. Until then, have a most blessed day. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Huello. Please take a moment to share, rate, and review this podcast. It really does help. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library videos at youtube.com slash The theme song, Atlantis, is by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardehuello at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.